Today's podcast is brought to you by the Prime Original Series, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, winner of two Golden Globes, including Best TV Comedy Series and Best Actress in a TV Comedy Series for Rachel Brosnahan's performance as housewife-turned-comedian Midge Maisel. Consider it marvelous in all categories. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Chasing Emmy. No, we are not a podcast about the 1997 Ben Affleck, Joey Lord, and Adams movie Chasing Amy, but rather we're a podcast to tell you all about the Emmy Awards. Um, everything from who should be nominated, some history, some trivia. You may even pick up some recommendations on what shows to binge along the way. And I'm really thrilled to be here with two of my friends and colleagues, Lynette Rice, who is editor-at-large at Entertainment Weekly. I'm so happy to be here to talk about my favorite award show ever. And Kristen Baldwin, TV critic at Entertainment Weekly. It is an honor to be nominated to co-host this podcast with you. We hope that you're going to be joining us every week over the next nine weeks as we dissect the Emmy Awards in all the biggest categories. Today, we've got a great, great show in store for you. Um, We're going to be tackling two of the big categories, um, Outstanding Lead Actor in a Comedy Series and Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series. Uh, Later on in the show, we are super excited to bring you Lynette's interview with Bill Hader, who is star of HBO's new sitcom, Barry, one of our favorite shows of the year, and a guy who is definitely in line for Emmy contention. So, Lynette, we're looking forward to hearing that. It was a blast. Such a good dude. He certainly is. But I do want to start with Lead Actor. And, Lynette, take us through some of the people who've won over the past few years. All right, last year's winner was the much-deserved, very much-deserved Donald Glover. He won, of course, for Atlanta on FX. Before that was uh, a two-time winner, uh, Jeffrey Tambor for Transparent in 2016, Jeffrey Tambor in 2015, and before that... My beloved Jim Parsons from The Big Bang Theory. He won in 2014. Um, it was really interesting because Donald Glover was the first African-American actor to win this race since Robert Guillaume won for Benson in 1985. So it was a historic landmark moment as well. It was an exciting win because not only the fact that you know his, his work is extraordinary on the show, but he has this whole other small little film career going. So it was very much like this is Donald Glover's moment. That's what made the, the, it all more exciting because obviously he was coming off of, you know, we got the Star Wars uh, franchise as well. So there was, it was, there was a lot of electricity in the room when he won. I thought it was really neat. Kristen, take us through some of the people who've won this award most often. Uh, So some of the most awarded people in this category, uh, Michael J. Fox, three consecutive wins. Kelsey Grammer, two consecutive wins. Carol O'Connor, give it up, all in the family for three consecutive wins. And Lynette's Bay, Jim Parsons, for two consecutive wins. They have all received four awards total. Um, Some of them were consecutive, but all of them are four-time winners. And then the most nominated people have been Alan Alda and Ted Danson with 11 nominations apiece, as well as Kelsey Grammer, who, do you remember? Remember there was Emmy's stretch in the 90s where all that happened was Kelsey Grammer won? Yeah, every year it was the same. It was Kelsey Grammer, and it got to be a little boring. I mean, obviously, Frazier is a great 
character and he was great in it but at some point it's like dude let someone else win and that's such a tough one too because obviously we face that uh and we will talk about it in our next uh podcast when we talk about the best um actress category but when there's no competition that's just the way it is unfortunately when you see the same person winning over and over again it kind of makes for a boring show and i remember this that oh feeling when he would go back up on the stage again but what are you gonna do i mean the dude deserves it do you think Frasier deserves to be the most nominated comedy in history? I think so. I believe so. Because if you, look, I, I'm currently binging that show on Netflix. I enjoy it so much, and it was so well written. And I mean, forget the fact that it was perfectly cast because it was, but it was so well written. And it's just, it's, it's so witty. I mean, just great coming, very relatable. I, I, I totally feel like it deserves it. I feel like it's a close call between Cheers and Frasier. Obviously, Frasier was a spinoff of Cheers, but I, you know, I'm not gonna have an argument with Lynette because I can have plenty of other things that I can fight with Lynette about. <laughs> and that's the thing about the three of us. We have more than a half century of experience covering the TV business and award season, what have you, um, which makes me feel really, really old. But you'll find that we don't always agree on things. For example, I'm sure Everybody Loves Raymond is going to come up sometime during this podcast, and I'm just going to give dirty looks to Lynette the entire time that she's talking about it. Every week. It's going to come up every week. By the way, I watched Everybody Loves Raymond every week as well, Henry. So I see how this is going to work. It's going to be a two-on-one a two-on-one experience. Thank you. I'm looking forward to that. The one thing I wanted to point out by last year's nominees before we move on to the ones we think are going to be nominated this year is that they were such a diverse group of nominees. Um, you had Anthony Anderson from Blackish, Aziz Ansari from Masters of None, Zach Galifianakis from Baskets, Donald Glover from Atlanta, William H. Macy from Shameless, and Jeffrey Tambor from Transparent. Um, so by my account, you had three nominees of color, which is not something you've seen in this category in a very long time. And it's been nice to see how Emmy membership has evolved in their voting a bit over the past couple of years. I see good and bad in 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 the the lineup of nominees. Um, on 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 the one hand, yes, it's great that the voters are acknowledging the great comedy that's happening on basic and premium cable, which all of these shows represent, and streaming. You know, obviously with Transparent, the ratings for these shows are pretty dang low, and I know there's still people today who've never once watched a bit of Transparent. So I think those years that Jeffrey won, too, I'm sure there are viewers there who are like, huh? What is that show? I have no idea what it was. And even the ratings for Shameless, Atlanta, Baskets, even Masters of None, they don't come close to what Blackish uh, achieves. So, I mean, on the one hand, it's so great that they're acknowledging what's on cable. On the other hand, oh my God, broadcast now, television, comedies, where the hell are you? Well, that brings us to this year, because I think that's going to change enormously. Um, so here's the rules for who should be nominated. We are going to go around the table and discuss who we think should be nominated this year. We'll go around till we have six nominees, because that's the number of nominees that are available in this category. And at the end, if we don't have a consensus, we're going to do a bit of horse trading, and we'll trade some in and out until we are able to reach a consensus. Kristen, do you want to start us off? Like, who's your top pick for who should be nominated for the 2018 Emmy Award and Best Comedy Actor? Okay, this is going to be a little controversial, uh, but I think we should go with John Goodman for Roseanne. And I, the reason I say it's controversial is because obviously there's been a lot of backlash uh, against Roseanne herself and the fact that her character is a... 
uh, Trump supporter, and she is as well. But he's fantastic on the show, and uh, he's been nominated before seven seven times, never won. And he's really funny, and I don't know, let's not punish him for association with a lady who has some crazy thoughts. Um, a footnote about John Goodman in that category, Christian, I completely agree. He has seven nominations in this category, and he's never won. It's insane. That goes to show how much of the oxygen that was sucked up by Roseanne during all those years, too. And, you know, you, he's so effortless at it, it's very easy to overlook him, which is the same for, um, I'm blanking on, Modern Family that plays the dad. Ed O'Neill. I mean, that talk about a, a great little piece of Emmy trivia. That man has never won, despite the comedies that he's done. Uh, and it's because he's just so effortless at playing that gruffy old dad. All right, Lynette, who would be your choice to be nominated for Best Actor in a Comedy for 2018? Eric McCormick. Uh, I've had the pleasure of obviously writing about Will and Grace, the, the comeback, so I know I seem a little biased. But he is, I mean, the whole cast is such a joy to watch. But they've just returned to their old rhythm, and I just love them the same way I loved them before. It's like they've just never lost a step. Dig him. He's so great at his job. All right, you guys took my first two choices, so I'm going to have to go to my third choice. And my third choice is Larry David um, for Curb Your Enthusiasm, which came back. This was a show that was off the air for, five, I believe, five years and came back um, last September, and I thought it came back better than ever. And I thought those batch of episodes was hysterical, and he slipped right back into that character. He has never won for acting. Um, he's had five nominations for acting and no wins, but he did win for writing in 1993, but that, of course, was for Seinfeld. I find the show really compelling. He's at the center of it, and I'd love to see him get nominated. Lynette, why are you poo-pooing? Well, I know, Kristen, you're dying to say something, but I'm going to interrupt. Uh, you know, I, I watched all the episodes. I was so thrilled that it was back. Uh, I do believe he'll get a nomination, no doubt. Uh, I just, I, I can't embrace it. I, 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 He felt like an old routine to me. It just felt like an old shtick, and it didn't feel fresh uh, from him. Even though I tuned in in every episode, I think I was more uh, into all the supporting actors, which you'll hear when we do the next category, than I was with him. It was kind of strange. I have to say, I love Curb Your Enthusiasm. I thought this season, though, was like just their worst to date. I thought the whole Fatwa storyline was terrible, and... I I really wanted to like it, but I just felt like he was out of ideas. That said, he'll probably get nominated. I just don't think he should win. Kristen, Fatwa the Musical was, I was crying. I was laughing so hard. It was, maybe it was a one episode joke, but it made me laugh really, really hard. That was funny. But that I, that was more about Lin-Manuel. I thought Lin-Manuel, as, as a guest actor, which I, I believe he'll get the nomination, I felt like that was all about him. That, I mean, that was funny. That was good writing. All right, so give him a writing win. There you go. All right, so we've got three nominees down. We've got three more to go. Lynette, who's your next choice? Uh, definitely Donald Glover from Atlanta. Uh, again, it's still his time. What he does is bar none, genius. Uh, I, I believe he'll get the nomination, too, simply because he won last year, but also because, I mean, the voters love him. Kristen, who's your next choice? Okay, this is kind of a dark horse crazy choice. But I basically want anything to happen other than William Macy getting nominated for Shameless because I just I can't. He seems like a lovely guy, but that show is ridiculous and he's been nominated 142 times. And it's just no more. No more. So Bill Hader, simply because he's so great in this role. And I'm going to go with Anthony Anderson. 
um, from Blackish, who has had three nominations in a row and no wins. And I feel like this show breaks ground almost every single week it's on. It's a really honest and wonderful exploration of a family. He is terrific, as is Tracy Ellis Ross. We'll get to in another episode. I would just love to see him not only pick up the nomination, but win as well. And Lynette, to your point earlier, three of these six nominees would be on broadcast TV shows. That's good. That's, that's not bad. That's not bad. And I actually think, as much as I'm against the idea of Larry David getting the nomination, I do believe, given this voting body, they will give him the sentimental uh, nod because he's back and he was beloved all those times. So, I, I mean, I see that happening. I feel like, believe it or not, I feel Hater, even though he's deserving of a nominee, I feel like he's the... Um, um, the, the dark horse here. Well, we're going to be hearing from him later in the show, and I would very much like to see him get a nomination because that show is just terrific. Now we're going to turn to another segment called Let Me Plead For. Good, each going to give one person who would be a long shot for a nomination but would be a darling to us and, like, Fingers crossed in another universe it might happen. And I'm going to start. I love Last Man on Earth. I love what Will Forte is doing on Last Man on Earth. It's so weird and bizarre and self-deprecating. He plays a character named Tandy, who's basically named after Jessica Tandy. And he's outstanding. Um, He got two nominations for this show. He was snubbed last year. No wins. But I like what he's doing. And nothing would make me happier to see him um, creep into this category. Kristen, who's yours? I mean, I'm going to say Bill Hader simply because he's so great in this role. I would actually do Barry as a drama, frankly, but I know it has no shot in a drama. Uh, he's very funny in the role, but he's got a lot of really moving scenes. And he does, he's a, a Marine with PTSD who's also a hitman on the side and he decides he wants to be an actor. It's a very multi layered role. So he would be uh, my choice. He's been nominated twice for Supporting Actor in a Comedy for SNL, but he uh, this would be his first nomination for Lead Actor. Lynette, who is your Let Me Plead for? Thomas Hayden Church for Divorce. I don't know if you guys have watched this show much, but I, I, I he's the reason why I tune in. I, he, I mean, I love everything that he does, and granted, it feels like there's a little bit of that same note, that same drollness to him that we've seen, like... Um, in sideways and that sort of thing, but his his he's so funny, so damn funny. Uh, I would love to see. I mean, I can, I can just imagine him on the on stage too, winning. None of this makes sense, but I love the guy. I would like to see something for him. All right, Lynette. Every single week, you're going to be giving us the snubs that still hurt. Who are the snubs that still hurt? And best actor in a comedy. Well, I don't know if you two are going to agree with this because I don't think you were alive when the show was on the air. But I, I was just stunned when I found this. So I'm making this my first number one snub. And that's Andy Griffith. Can you believe that he never freaking won? Um, you know, his co-star, Don Knotts, won five Emmys, but Griffith was never even nominated for the title role of The Andy Griffith Show. I mean, doesn't that just hurt you down deep, Kristen? I was going to say pour one out for Andy Griffith. Uh, but then I was like, wait, is he alive? And then I was like, wait, is he dead? I don't know what's happening. In related news, this podcast has been brought to you by the year 1876. That ran in the 60s, the 60s. But you can watch it right now on Netflix, by the way. All right, so the other more modern snubs, there's several which are pretty surprising. Steve Carell, it's hard to believe, you know, after six years on The Office, he never won an Emmy for the lead role. 
Uh, which is kind of funny because after his 2011 loss, Rain Wilson tweeted, the world of TV should be ashamed of itself that Steve Carell never won an Emmy for Michael Gary Scott. Good night. I thought that was cool. Uh, another major, a major snub was Jerry Seinfeld. He had the five consecutive noms um, for playing, obviously, himself on, on the comedy, but he never took an Emmy. The show, however, you know, won comedy series in 1993. And back to that dang Ed O'Neill. He um, obviously was on Married with Children. He played that role for 11 years, but he's never taken home an Emmy for that or for playing Jay Pritchett on Modern Family. All right, Lynette, let's get real for a second. I love Ed O'Neill as much as the next person, but do you really think the words married with children should have had Emmy nominated as an adjective? For staying on that long, they got to be doing something right. Right, Kristen? Help me here. Well, if, if we're giving Emmys for shows that stay on a long time, then we're giving Emmys for, like, cops, best naked meth arrest. America's home video. Well, that deserves an Emmy. Anyway, those are those are the snubs. Wah, wah. Well, that's going to do it for Best Actor in a Comedy Series. Um, after the break, we're going to be taking on Best Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series, so stick with us. Today's podcast is brought to you by the prime original series, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, winner of two Golden Globes and two Critics' Choice Awards. It's created by Amy Sherman Palladino, creator of Gilmore Girls, and executive produced by Amy Sherman Palladino and her husband, Daniel Palladino. The story centers around 1950s housewife Midge Maisel, who discovers a talent for comedy after her husband leaves her, turning her true traditional, comfortable life upside down. It's got an all-star cast, including Rachel Brosnahan, Alex Borstein, and Tony Shalhoub. Consider it marvelous in all categories. Welcome back to Chasing Emmy, the podcast that dives deep into the Emmy Awards and tells you about who should be nominated this year and who will be nominated. We are going to dive deep into supporting actor in a comedy series, and this is a really interesting and intriguing category. And Kristen, do you want to take us through some of the previous winners? Sure. Uh, So in 2014, Ty Burrell from Modern Family won. In 2015, Tony Hale, love him on Veep. 2016, Louis Anderson for playing Baskets' mom, Christine Baskets. And uh, in 2017, uh, Alec Baldwin for uh, playing Trump on SNL. And it'll be really interesting because Veep is not eligible this year because they weren't on the air. And so that usually takes up a lot of slots in the nomination category. And Kristen, who went? Who were some of the nominees from last year? Well, you got your Matt Walsh, who's on Veep. He's fantastic. Tony Hale. Uh, and so uh, they were the two Veep representatives. And then we also had Ty Burrell from Modern Family, Titus Burgess from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Alec Baldwin also from Saturday, Saturday Night Live, and Louis Anderson from Baskets. So, yeah, with two slots opening up with Veep not being there, that you know gives us some potential uh, surprises in this category this year. It's funny, when Alec Baldwin won this last year, he was the first person to win in this category for a variety show since Tom Poston and the Steve Allen show in 1959. I, I feel like we should start talking about Andy Griffith again. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> and this is this was the first time that Alec Baldwin was nominated in this category, but it was his third Emmy win. He, of course, had two Best Actor Emmys for 30 Rock as Jack Donaghy. All right, Lynette, some snubs. What are the snubs that still hurt in this category? I'm just going to go to comedy that's still on the air, uh, that's still, you know, a huge uh, success and is now pretty much overlooked 
uh, by uh, Emmy voters because it's old. It's been around. I'm talking about the Big Bang Theory. Uh, to me, it's a huge snub that uh, Howard Ro- Wolowitz and, of course, Raj Kuthrapali have not been nominated. I'm talking about Simon Helberg and Kunal Nayar. I mean, if you watch this show as religiously as I do and some others here at the magazine does, you will see that this show is definitely in an ensemble. It's not all about Jim Parsons. It's not all about Sheldon Cooper. The show stays together because of this ensemble. And Simon and Kunal they bring it. They bring it every week, and they're really the guys that you're laughing at. And yet, they've never been nominated. Never won. It's 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 a tragedy. Kristen, what's your response to that? Look, I am not what you would call a fan. I'm making air quotes uh, of Big Bang Theory. I don't think it's good TV. Also, with the air quotes. Uh, that said, I completely understand what you're saying, and I agree. The times that I've caught it by accident on syndication, I do think the supporting cast is good and uh you know i can see why they would feel left out because half the time they're the ones uh delivering the punchlines. so i'm not going to throw too much shade what's interesting is mayim bialik has had a lot of emmy success as a supporting actress on this show and these guys haven't yeah she gets the attention and by the way she's now literally the main reason i watch the show because she's so good uh, uh, but that's a tough one, and these ensemble comedies are a tough one. You see it with Modern Family too. You know, everyone is is bringing the funny, and yet there's only a few that traditionally get the shout outs. That's why it's going to be fun to see what happens with Will and Grace at the Emmy noms, because obviously all four of them are deserving. But it may still come down to Sean Hayes and Megan Mullally, you know, you know, in in the fall. Lynette, give us a little insight about how shows decide who's in the lead category and who's in the supporting category? Well, you would think that there's some major science to it, but it's actually very simple. It's what category they have a chance to, the better chance to win in. Like, for example, Kristen, you brought up how you think uh, Barry should be a drama. And yes, there's dramatic elements to that, and I can completely see that in the category, but it has no way in hell of winning, because look what the competition is. You know, Game of Thrones, The Americans, there's no way. So it's best that, you know, you go into comedy. I was going to point out just something today that um, a couple of fan favorites from Game of Thrones are going to go in the lead actor category. Amelia Clark and Kit Harington are both submitted uh, in lead actor. So yeah, it just really, it it's not set in stone. They can submit one way one year and one way another year. It's really depending on what they think their chances are. Didn't Friends famously all submit in one category? They were all in supporting actor. And now that I see uh, both Ed O'Neill, Eric Stone Street, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and, and Ty Burrell, they're all in the supporting category. category. They're, I think they do that too as a statement toward you know, no one person is more important on that show. And so I think that's for their own mental health rather than where they can win in. What's interesting to me is someone like John Galecki, when we're talking about Big Bang Theory, like, would he have a better chance in supporting actor than going up against Jim Parsons every year, even though they're probably co-leads on the show? I don't think he would, because then look who he's competing against, Larry David and... You know, Larry David, who won't win, and then, you know, uh, Bill Hader. and No, I'm saying that John, Johnny Galecki should be in supporting. He should be in supporting, yes, definitely. Uh, speaking of supporting actor, okay, we're going to go around the table, and we're going to come up with our six uh, nominees for this category in Best Supporting Actor. And I think I let one of you start last time, so I'm going to get first choice this time. And I'm going with Sean Hayes for Will and Grace. Um, he seems like a shoe in for me. He got seven nominations while the show was running, and he won in 2000. He's one of the funniest things about the revival. I'll be super psyched to see him nominated. 
All right, I'll go next. Uh, I will go with uh, Alec Baldwin from Saturday Night Live. Uh, I don't always laugh at his Trump impression, but the fact is uh, he's made such an impact on the show this season. He's beloved for that. I, I just completely see it's a, it's a fait accompli that he's going to get the nomination. All right. My pick is Mark Marin for Glow. And this is actually a surprise to me because I was never really a fan of his. I didn't listen to his podcast, didn't think his other show was funny, an FX show, I believe. Uh, but he's great on Glow. He's really... Uh, he's got sort of a likable curmudgeon thing going on and you really do feel by the end of the season that he cares about these women in this league so i'm saying mark Marin, which would make him uh, a first time nominee okay it's my turn again and i'm gonna go with tony shalhoub who is absolutely marvelous and the marvelous mrs mazel um Plus, he's an Emmy darling. He's an eight-time nominee and a three-time winner from Monk most recently in 2006. Uh, his last nomination was in 2010. He did such a great job on the show, and the Academy just adores him. So if, to me, he seems like a no-brainer for this category. I'm going to go with uh, Titus Burgess again for, um, is it Burgess? Titus Burgess, excuse me, for Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. He's been nominated three times now for the role. He hasn't won yet. Maybe this will be the year. All right, I think I'm going to make my last, my next pick, Brian Tyree Henry from Atlanta. He is, you know, incredibly funny on that show. He he gives uh, a very subtle performance, but it's very funny. And he was also great on This Is Us. You know, I think he's having, uh, you know, a very uh, great year. So I would be surprised if he didn't get a nomination. All right, so let me go over our six nominations. We've got Alec Baldwin for SNL, Sean Hayes for Will and Grace, Titus Burgess for Kimmy Schmidt, Mark Marin for Glow, Tony Shalhoub for Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and Brian Tyree Henry for Atlanta. How do we feel about that? I feel good. I even feel good about Shalhoub. I feel good about all of them. Oh my God, we're agreeing. Okay, it's time for Let Me Plead For. Christian, we'll start with you. Who is the person you ideally would love in this category, but you just don't think they'd make it? Andre Brower, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He is freaking hilarious on the show. He was nominated for the first three uh, years of the show for his role as Captain Raymond Holt. Uh, he did not get a nomination last year. I think he was bumped out for Louis Anderson. Uh, Andy Samberg may be the star of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but Andre Brower's character, Raymond Holt, who is a black gay police captain, is the heart of the show. And he's incredibly funny. He's the master of deadpan, but he's also created this fully rounded character. And I think now with, uh, you know, Veep not being eligible, there are a couple slots open, and I would like to see the Academy getting back to nominating him every year and someday giving him the win. Lynette, who is your let me plead for? Okay, while I may not have loved the lead, I totally dig J.B. Smoove from Curb Your Enthusiasm. I just laughed hysterically every time he was on. Uh, I want him in this category. I, I, in my heart, believe he has a good chance. All right, guys, you are going to hear me talk about this show a lot because I love it so much. I'd like to plead for Marky Richardson, who plays Reggie on Dear White People. Uh, Dear White People's second season premieres May 4th on Netflix. I've seen five or six episodes. It is so ridiculously good. It is about the politics on a college campus when a bunch of white students move into a predominantly African-American dorm. Um, this season takes on cyberbullying. Reggie is a really amazing, complicated character who was arrested 
last season for some violence that happened at a party that was just sort of brought upon him. And Marky Richardson just brings so much depth and soul to this character. I highly recommend the series. I would love to see him get some recognition at some point in time. Does he even qualify? It sure does. Anything that premieres before Memorial Day or so. So up next, we've got Lynette's interview with Bill Hader, the star of Barry. So please stay tuned for that. Welcome back to Chasing Emmy. In March, HBO premiered Barry, a dark comedy created by and starring SNL's Bill Hader, who plays a Midwestern hitman who stumbles upon an acting class in Los Angeles that seems to give him his life some new meaning. After just a few short weeks on the air, Hader is now an Emmy contender, and we are very happy to have him on the show. Bill, thanks so much for joining me. Hi. Hi. So when E.W. first talked to you about Barry, you were asked about the inspiration for the show. And you said, interestingly, that it came from your time at SNL where you had this amazing ability to do voices and impressions and stuff. But you weren't well equipped to do it because you suffered from anxiety. What you really wanted to do was write and direct. Does that sound about right, how you inspired Barry? Yeah, yeah. I think... um yeah, I had a, a lot of anxiety about about live television, and I thought it I would be better behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> so then, why didn't you just write and direct Barry and not put yourself in the position to perform again, be the star? Is does is the anxiety still there? Well, Barry's not live television, and, and we get more than one take, so I. There's no anxiety in it. It's not so much an anxiety of performing. It's more of an anxiety of being on live television and you have one shot at something and you're going out there with a thing that you don't feel confident you can do um, because it's just been written or rewritten or whatever. And uh, what that show, SNL, helped me with was... Uh, was thinking fast on my feet and kind of trusting myself. But um, that uh, anxiety never went away. But on the set of Barry or any any movie, TV show, where you have more than one take and the whole nation isn't watching you work something out, uh, I'm fine. So, obviously, Barry is very good at being a hitman, and you make it look so effortless. I guess that's the point, right? Yeah, yeah, that his kind of natural ability is to kill people and to, um, and his, the ability he does not, he has zero ability as an actor. Was there any other unattainable occupation you considered for Barry besides acting, like maybe as a preschool teacher? <laughs> Oh, that would have been interesting, a preschool teacher. Now, I think we, Alec Berg and I both just, and we both just thought acting. We never thought about anything else. I, I think the reason was, was because it was so diametrically opposed to being a hitman. And we, we thought that was interesting. And, and we thought the world of actors of theater in Los Angeles, and I underline theater, it's not so much, um, it's not entourage, it's not people wanting to be big movie stars or something, it's people wanting to learn to uh, command the stage, but in Los Angeles, we thought that was funny, and that was a, a funny world for him to be in, and yeah, I think we, it was like, what if the guy, you know, what if 
Robert De Niro and Taxi Driver found salvation from the uh, group from uh, Waiting for Guffman. You know, it's like, and that that, and we and when we said that, we both started laughing and going like, "Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's interesting. Those two worlds coming together. That could be interesting." Talk about shooting the moment that Barry gives his monologue to Gene in the parking lot, though Gene doesn't realize everything Barry is saying is true. You know, we Alec and I thought, you know, it'd be great if, we, you know, it's hard to play a cipher, you know, and it wasn't, you know, I said, I don't want Barry to be a robot, but he has to be emotionally dead inside. And that was something that we had a hard time grappling with in the writing and in for me personally and performing it, you know, how do you make that interesting? You know, I watch things like Taxi Driver or, you know, Gene Hackman in the conversation or uh, Robert Duvall in Tender Mercies, and they always had some outlet to their inner self, you know, whether, you know, in Taxi Driver, it's his diary entries and you hear his thoughts and these things. So he said to get into that class, he has to give a monologue and he can't, uh, and that then ends, and he ends up giving a monologue about his life, and Gene doesn't think it's real. And and in that monologue, we can kind of get across where he's at in his life, and you, as the audience, can understand and and maybe weirdly relate to his predicament. Getting a, a look inside his. And I remember when we shot that. You know, when we shot that, we shot it one way in the pilot, and then when we went to series, we reshot my side of it. We, we just figured, oh, I, I kind of know what this, we, we didn't really nail it in the pilot. Scene is me in 2017, and when it cuts to Henry, it's 2016. It's like a year apart from each other, that scene. And, and when I performed it, Henry wasn't there. I was performing to a, a mark on a C-stand. I was just performing to a little, little taped mark of where Henry would be. And, uh, but we, you know, it was this thing of, of, um, He's never said that to anybody before. And that feeling of, I'm so lost and I know this is something I need. I, I know that taking this class will be beneficial for me. I just saw what this guy did with that actress where he elicited some emotion, some feeling out of her, and, and I need that. But he doesn't have the equipment to just say it like I just said it. He's, you know, he's, he's grappling, you know, and... Um, so, yeah, that was a hard thing to write and figure out. But I'm glad you liked it. So how do you keep a straight face during scenes between Barry and Henry Winkler's Gene? You don't. Uh, if you watch uh, episode three when we're doing the soup thing, we cut. You can tell we cut about two seconds before I laugh where I say, uh, I just like broth. I'm about to laugh right there because Henry was making me laugh in that scene. Or he would just Because I would say... Before that scene, I would say, Henry, just make sure I don't have my hands in my pockets. And then I would just keep putting my hands in my pockets every time he would take. And he started physically taking my hands out of my pockets. I started laughing. <laughs> he would just start grabbing my arm and pulling that. And I would, I would just, I would crack up. So yeah, I, that that scene of us in episode three about the soup and everything, I uh, I ruined a lot of takes on that because Henry kept cracking me up. I also like it in episode five when he and Paula do that thing where they shake hands and they kind of mutter to each other because <laughs> there's this like tension. They had a date, you know, and they kind of talk in front of the room and she's like, no, no, don't you? Okay. Okay. Bye. All right. You know, <laughs> like, and they just, 
this could easily be an hour-long dramedy or not. Did you consider that? What do you think? Yeah, I just say it's a story. You know, it's, to me, it's just writing a story, you know. And, look, I've had some really awful, dramatic moments happen in my life that sun, suddenly get punctuated by something really funny. And you just, you can't hold, you can't stop that. And reverse, you know, we'll be doing something funny at SNL and then find out something terrible. And uh, the tone shifts in the room. And that that's just kind of life. For me, it's like, I've never looked at it one way or the other. I just, I'm like, oh, this is the story of this guy we're telling. And I find it entertaining. And then it's just kind of taking each logical step in his journey to become a human. You know, he's like the Tin Man, you know, and he, he he wants to win the heart, you know, so he can feel and be a person. Why does Barry like Sally so much? She is so self-absorbed. I think because she's a good actress. I think she is kind of the best one in the class, you know, and I, I think we kind of learned Sally works really well when you see it from her point of view, she's just being honest. And if, if, if you do look at it that way, and the people I know in my life who, who are kind of that narcissistic and everything, when I've hung, had to hang out with them, you realize in their head they're just being honest, and she's not wrong. She is the best actress in that class, you know what I mean? And, and when she says to, you know, Natalie Darcy Carden's character, like, yeah, when I did that, I did it better. And to her, she just doesn't see that as being wrong. I'm just being upfront with you. I just know, you know, Sarah Goldberg, it's funny because Sarah Goldberg, who plays that part, is the polar opposite of Sally. She's like this incredibly nice Canadian uh, actress who's, uh, so it's a very, it's a huge testament to her acting ability that she can play that so well. But, and she's talked about that. She goes, oh, I know this girl, you know, I've, I've met, I've, I know this person and it's someone I would probably chat with for five minutes and then go, oh, I don't want to hang out with you, <laughs> you know. But um, but I, I find it interesting that we had a screening of the show months and months and months ago, and someone said, Sally is just so unlikable. You guys have to do something with that character. I mean, she's so, uh, I just don't, I just, she's so self-absorbed. And uh, one of our writers, Emily Heller, yelled out, Barry kills people. <laughs> it's like... Barry kills people, but you don't like her because she's the character that we need to worry about. You know what I mean? And I find that interesting. It was a bit like the Breaking Bad Skyler stuff where it was kind of like, God, Skyler, I mean, give me a break. I'm like, I know. I mean, he's only acting like a drug dealer. He's poisoning children, and she's got to deal with a baby and a special needs son. Yeah, what a what a jerk. <laughs> and Barry's totally... Uh, he has this idealized version of her, you know. He he met her and just went, man, this new world, if that could be my wife, and that and that would be the, you know, he just has an immediate, like, oh, this is the woman I'm going to be with for the rest of my life. And she's like, oh, he's the guy in class I slept with who, who gave me a laptop, and I think he's weird. They're just in two different uh, worlds you know, in two different headspaces, but they're both honest to those characters, which is why I like it. I commend uh, Sarah Goldberg for playing it, a character that can be unlikable. I mean, yeah, you know, people do go like, God, why is he like her and all this stuff? I, I get it. He tells her that she's great because when she says to him, do you think I'm going to be a star? And he goes, 
Yeah. When he says, you're the best actor I've ever seen, he's being honest because he's never hung out with an actor before. <laughs> That's manna from heaven. That's what you want to hear, you know what I mean? You want to, you want someone to tell you constantly how great you are. The show has been renewed for a second season. Did you go into it knowing you wanted to do season two? Yeah, yeah. We kind of, Alec and I had a very uh, sketched out version of what a whole kind of, not season by season, but a larger arc for the character um, kind of in our one of our first meetings about the show, it'd be like, oh, it's a guy that goes from this to this. It'd be uh, great if we got the chance to uh, to do that, you know, and see that through. Well, that's going to do it for our very first episode of Chasing Emmy. We hope you've enjoyed it, and we'll tune back next week. Please subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your local neighborhood podcast store to get new podcast episodes every Monday. And don't forget to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's the best way for people to find us and will help spread the word. We'd love to hear what you think, and we'll see you next week. Today's podcast was brought to you by the Prime Original Series, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, from executive producers Amy Sherman Palladino and Daniel Palladino, starring Rachel Brosnahan, Alex Borstein, and Tony Shalhoub, winner of two Golden Globes, including Best TV Comedy Series. Consider it marvelous in all categories.